Thanks for checking out the Anchor Faith Message Podcast from St. Augustine, Florida. Now enjoy this message. That's what I want to be. A consistent, stable person with a strong spirit. Isn't that what we've been talking about? Amen. A reigning spirit. Maintaining a reigning spirit, which pastor spoke uh, this year that we were going to continue to talk about is a reigning spirit and a strong spirit. A reigning spirit is consistent through every trial, through every situation. Come on. Through anything that you may go through because my spirit is strong in the Lord. Amen. Because he's been faithful to his promises to my life. Amen. That's what, that's what you stand on. It's what you stand on. That is living a life of faith. Applying the word of God to your life and practicing it, practicing it every single day will make you a stable, consistent strong spirit, amen, that is not moved in your emotions, not moved by your flesh. My flesh does not own me. Somebody else's flesh does not own me. I do not let someone else's flesh fit on my emotions. Because I've learned how to, what we talked about a little bit last week. I know we jumped around on a bunch of things being led by the Spirit. I hope y'all received something from it. I've learned how to what? Have a strong spirit. A strong spirit that is not moved by people's emotions. They should not control your actions. Shouldn't control them because we've learned how to self govern, which we read out of Psalms and uh, was it Psalms or Proverbs last week? We've learned how it was Proverbs to rule over our own spirit. Let me remind us of that in Proverbs 25 28, it says, Whoever has no rule. Over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. I refuse to be a broken down person without a wall of a fortitude of a strong spirit of faith. Right? We have to learn how to self-govern our spirit by the word of God. Having a strong spirit. Letting nothing move us. Isn't that what he says? You know, in, uh, was it James? You know, so that you're not going to be tossed around to and fro from every wind of every doctrine. Do you know he does not want wishy-washy believers? And I'm not even just talking about on doctrine. He doesn't want wishy-washy believers just a saint living supposedly the life of Christ. One minute you're living it, and the next minute you're not. Right? Your 
situations and your circumstances is dictating how you're walking this walk of faith. And he doesn't want us to live by the dictates of the what? Flesh. Because that will keep you in a constant place of unrest. Because we know that our flesh and our spirit battle what? Daily. Daily. This is not even on my thing today. Our flesh and our spirit is battling daily. And if you don't have a fortified, strong spirit that you've learned how to govern... The flesh is always going to rule and win out. It's always going to win. So that tells me then that anything that happens, any circumstance, any situation that happens uh, in in this area of whatever, somebody may say something to you wrong and they say it in the flesh. And if you don't know how to govern your spirit and your spirit has not grown to be some, a person of a strong spirit, then guess how you are going to respond back in your flesh and in your emotions, right? Because that's what's going to dictate because that's what's stronger. That's what's stronger. Brother Hagen used to always say it this way, that our spirit should be the umpire. Calling the shots. The umpire over our, over our flesh, over our mind, over our will, over our emotions. We want our spirit so strong and so built up Uh, by the word of God that the minute a circumstance happens or a situation happens, your first response is what? The word. Not you mouthing back with a loose tongue. Actually, James says your religion is worthless if you don't know how to bridle your tongue. Loose lips sink all the time, every single day, every single minute, every single word. That's why he says every idle word will be given an account for. Amen. So we want strong spirits and our spirit is going to have to be strong Uh, If we're going to have a reigning spirit and we're going to need the reigning spirit to operate more and more in this day that we are living. Amen. And uh, we talked about the fact that if we are going to maintain a reigning spirit, we are going to have to be people that know the truth because it's the truth that's going to what? Set us free. And Marcy's translation Keep you free. Say it again. Really loud. Say it again. Say it again. Just because it set you free doesn't mean you're free. Amen. 
No, it's his truth that's going to keep you free. And aren't you thankful that we have his word who is truth and we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside who is called the what? Spirit of truth that can always, always lead us into the right um, direction. And then also we talked about the fact that we, if we're going to maintain a reigning spirit, then we're going to have to know uh, God's love and operate in that love. Not just say you love God, but yet you still uh, display differences with people. Because you can't love God and not love people. Can't love God and not love people. So saying you love God, you're a liar. He actually says in John, if you can't love your your brother. Isn't that what scripture said? And so last week we talked about the fact that if we are going to continue to maintain a reigning spirit, then we're going to have to have a strong spirit. And in order to have a strong spirit, We are going to have to, what, continue to be people that will allow ourselves to grow. We have a responsibility to grow and mature. Because he said those that don't grow, remember, those that only want to receive the milk of the word are what? Babies. But a person that's a baby does not have a what? A strong spirit. That means that people are always having to care for them and take care of them and help them out of their messes, right? A babe in Christ, someone that's only used to the bottle, only used to the the milk, okay? And that's fine. There's patience for God, you know, to allow you to grow and to mature, but there comes a point where he's saying, okay, You have to continue to grow. But many believers stop growing. They think just because they're born again, they're good to go, and they don't have to grow in anything in their life anymore. Right? That you've already, I mean, what else is there? When I die, I get to go to heaven. No, for us to obtain the promises of God, for us to walk as a mature believer, which he talks about in scripture, for us to walk in the fullness of all that God has for us, we have to continue to grow and mature into the things of God. Amen. Amen. We have to be believers that want to what? Grow up. We want to grow up. We want to mature because he tells us in Hebrews that if we're only used to the milk of God's word and we don't want to grow into righteousness, then we are going to be, uh, what, deceived in these last days because we've not trained ourselves how to discern good and evil. A baby, when they're a baby, they just open up their mouth and you can stick whatever you want in their mouth. And they do it too. Right? They'll chew on anything. They'll pick up anything on the floor. Right? What am I saying? They'll eat anything that's given to them until until they start discerning broccoli. Or, you know, something that's what? Good for them. 
that's going to help them what? Grow. And bring a different type of nourishment as they are growing older. They need more than milk. They need more than just, you know, baby food in a jar. They need more than just cereal. Eventually, they're going to have to start eating some what? Meat. Right? They're going to have to start eating some raw vegetables, you know, and those types of things. So that what? They can grow properly. But as a baby, they've just got their mouth wide open and they cannot discern on their own what is good and what is bad for them. And how many believers are we seeing, because we've been talking about so many that are going to fall away in these last days because they have not grown spiritually to mature with words of righteousness, which is meat and which is a little bit harder than milk. Right? Where we know there's people that only want to go to churches that make them feel good about themselves. So that they can live their best American life now. And it just makes them feel good all the time. If you go to a place like that, you're not going to spiritually mature. Right? Because the word we know is there to do multiple things. It's there to uh, instruct. It's there to correct. It's there to admonish. It's there to help you what? Grow spiritually. So we want to have people with strong spirits that know how to discern good and evil and that don't just walk around with their mouth wide open because if you walk around with your mouth wide open listening to anything that anybody is saying, this is how you're going to be pulled away and seduced by doctrines of demons, seducing spirits, and false prophets. Because you've not trained your senses, Hebrew says. Do I need to read that scripture for you? I'm sure I have it down here somewhere in the hundred scriptures that I have. Let's see if I have it. Here it is, Hebrews. He says this. Uh, Hebrews 5, 11 through 14. This is not where I wanted to start, but since we're here, we're just going to read it. Concerning him, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. Point. You can sit in a church for years, and I said this, become deceived because... One, you've not been a practicer of the word or a doer of the word, or you have become what? Dull of hearing. You think you've already heard it. You know, you've heard it multiple times. You could quote Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. Let us make... And let him... See this? So he says, listen, in Hebrews, he says, you've become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you elementary principles, and I'm not going to teach on elementary principles, of the oracles of God, and you have come to have milk, need of milk, not solid food. 
So you know what this tells me? That if you've become dull of hearing, I don't care how long you've been in the church, guess what you get to do? Go back to the milk. You have need of milk again. So you had milk as a babe, but you became dull of hearing, which means you stopped growing. You stopped maturing. So guess what? Because you've done that, I don't care that you've been in the church 20 years. Guess what you have need of again? We need to put you back on the bottle because you've gotten off your foundation. You've gotten off the foundation of the word. You see that? And because of that, we're going to have to come back to need for milk and not solid food for everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness for he has is an infant. But solid food is for the what? Mature. Who because of practice, say practice. This is how you grow strong in spirit. This is how you maintain a reigning spirit. You are going to have to be one that actually practices the word. That means when you know that the scripture says that your flesh and your spirit battle daily, and yet when a situation you just encountered causes your flesh to rise up, you respond that way instead of what you know to do. So when you don't do what you know to do, we know that's called sin. But not only when you don't do what you know to do, that means you're not practicing. You're not practicing what you know to do. How you know you should respond in every situation, in every circumstance. We are to respond by the spirit, not by the... We're to walk by the spirit, not by the flesh. We're to live by the, not by the, right? So we have to, and he tells us that we must mature. We read this last week out of Ephesians, and I believe that this is a church that's going to get people off the milk and get them over to the meat of righteousness to maturity. Now, those who want to stay a baby, we're still going to have babies. And babies are always what? My life would be so easy if there were no babies. You're always going to have babies, period, because you should be getting new people in that's never heard the word and get born again, and they're going to be considered a babe. But then we know we're always going to have babies too because people are going to become dull of hearing after 20 years. You decide. You decide what you're going to become. You decide what you're going to become. 
You're going to remain a baby and live by the dictates of the flesh like everybody else and not grow and not mature? Or are you going to decide, you know what? It's time for me to grow up. When I was a child, I used to. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And the flesh is childish things. Childish. Just showing that you're acting like a baby. You know, what would it be if, if I actually am doing a counseling meeting and someone's, you know, coming in my office and wanting to have counsel and I just start crying? <laughs> I would like to do that because that would really freak some people out. And just have a meltdown as they are having a meltdown. Wouldn't that be fun? Just two people in there just having meltdowns. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. You would like to look at them and say, just quit acting like a baby. Grow up. Come on. Are we not beyond this by now? But see, that's speaking the truth in love. And you know a lot of people can't even handle that. Because they're? Okay. Not you. Look at your neighbor and say, not you. You're not a baby. Don't cry at them in their face, okay? So we know this, Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to move over into my message because I'm meddling. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11 and 15, it says, And he himself gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body, till we all come to the what? Unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. That word is mature, a mature man. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried away by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and by the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. You know, there's deceitful plots by people that you encounter. It's not just... You know, false prophets and all these things. Again, pastor has told us we have to learn how to discern what spirit this person's really coming from in their behavior and why they're even saying what they're saying and acting like they're acting. You can have a word of knowledge and know, you know what? You have a wrong motive in what you just said. And the way you just acted and the way you just responded, that's a wrong motive, right? But he says, because you're trying to be, right, deceitful and you're plotting, you're manipulating, you're trying to be crafty in the way that you're talking to me, but I will not be manipulated nor controlled by any of that kind of spirit. You see that? I'm not going to be made feel guilty. I'm not going to be made feel ashamed because of your failure. 
right? Not yours, but whoever it is I'm dealing with or talking to. And it's not even me dealing or talking. I mean, I mean, you know, there's family members. There's people. All the time you're encountering, right? But I will not be controlled by people's emotions. I will not be manipulated by people, right? Your own children. I'm going to tell you, plenty of your teenage children are manipulating you all day long. And twice on Sunday. We got to wise up, parents. Wise up. Come on. Because you have the Holy Ghost on the inside, and you ought to be able to know when your kid is lying to you or not. Because that's from a different spirit. And if you actually are following the spirit of truth and have the Holy Spirit living within you, you know whether they're lying or whether they're manipulating you. But if you're a manipulator and you're a liar, and don't act like there ain't no Christians that do that. Okay? So this is just the truth to help us what? Say it again. To grow up, to grow. So he says, deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love that we may grow up in all things unto him who is the head, Christ. And when we, he says he wants us to grow up in the Greek, that means he wants us to become complete. He wants us to have complete mental and moral character, not just growing spiritually or physically he wants our mental capacities or faculties not capacities faculties to grow and to mature again so that our emotions do not rule us in a situation you see that because our spirit has grown completely matured in the moral character, the completeness, a fully mature, a perfect man, full stature of a man. So he never wants us to remain babies in Christ. So we have to desire the sincere milk of the word so that we can grow thereby and not only desire the sincere milk of the word, but we need to desire the, the words of righteousness so that we can get beyond elementary principles, right? So that we can actually learn how to discern some things and we have actually become practicers of the word of God within our lives daily, that we practice the word. How do you practice the word? You're going to be in those situations that you have to apply the word. 
You're going to have to be in situations that you're going to have to apply the word. If you know where to live by faith and not by sight, and you're believing God because you're a tither, you're in covenant, you are a sower, that you know you come in your face with a huge bill that you just encountered, do you think that took God by surprise? Do you think that he did not know about the $120,000 worth of taxes? He knew. He knows. Right? So what are we going to do? Because we trust in him, Lord. Because we're faithful tithers. Because we're in covenant with you. Because we're givers. Because we're walking in love. Right? I know by faith that this is already done. So I don't have to worry about tomorrow. Because we what? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be what? Added to us. Right? So that's calling, that's called practicing living by faith. When everything looks like you're going under, I live by faith. That means I don't worry about what I see in the natural because I don't Live by what? Sight. I live by because my spirit is strong in the Lord. My spirit is strong in the Lord. And I'm going to respond according to my spirit if my spirit has been growing properly. You're not going to respond by the spirit if you have not been what we called last week what? Feeding your spirit. Feeding your spirit the proper food, the proper nutrients, the proper things, right? And what feeds our spirit? The word of God. Faith comes from what? Hearing and the hearing from the word of God. So we have to be people that say, you know what? I am going to grow I'm going to mature. I'm going to feed my spirit man on the word of God. Coming to church once in a quarter. Working your fingers to a bone. Doing what you want to do. Come on. Not reading the word. You do not have a strong spirit. Period. Period. Because he says... That we should what? Daily meditate on the word. That his word is what? Bread. Amen. So we are not going to develop properly and we're not. You're going to be anorexic. You're actually going to be deformed. If you are not feeding your spirit. As a Christian, you will be an anorexic Christian and a deformed Christian. Deformities within you because you've not actually transformed. Okay? Transform the renewing of your mind. So let's go here. I want to go here in us developing a strong spirit in Colossians chapter 2. 
Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6 through 8 says this, And now, just as you have accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must to continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow, what? Strong in the truth you were taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness. Do not let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world, rather than from Christ. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. He lets us know right here that we must continue to let our roots grow down within him and our lives being built on him, right? We know that we have to be built upon the rock because everything else is what? Sinking sand. Build your house upon the rock. Who is the rock? Who is Jesus? The Word. So if we don't want our house, our temple, our who we are built on the wrong things, we are going to have to recognize that we must build our house upon the rock, the revelation of who Christ is, the Word of God. He is the Word, and we have to build our lives on His Word and nothing else. Nothing else. My life is built upon his word. He is my rock. And when I go before any challenge, any situation, I can be assured that I'm not sinking. I don't even feel like I'm sinking. I don't feel overwhelmed. I don't feel pressure. I don't feel frustrated. Because I've built my house upon the unfallible word of God. Amen. And do you know every believer should be in that position? That we are so built upon, our foundation is so strong, so sturdy, nothing can knock us off the foundation. Because I'm going to tell you what, many people are going to be thrown off the foundation that they once were on because they what? Continued to stay on the milk of God's word and did not allow him to rebuild them because they became deceived and dull of hearing. And that's how he says many are going to fall away from the faith in the last days because they were not continually being built upon the rock and letting their roots grow deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Let's talk about a building. I'm going to tell you most believers quit growing because they get born again and they think they're good to go and that one day when they die, they're going to be with Jesus in heaven. They stop growing. They become religious and they think just because they're coming to church, maybe once in a while, 
and maybe serving once in a while, they're good to go all along. They're still shriveling up and not growing, and then something rocks their world. And the foundation they thought they were on, no, it wasn't rooted. It was shallow. Do you know when a builder comes in, I know a little bit about building now. I feel like we've been building for, well, for 20 years we have been, right? So, you know, when you go to build, you cannot just put a house on top of the ground. But this is what believers think, that when they get born again, their house is built. And they've just plopped it out on the top of the ground. Like, no house is put on top of the ground. Huh? Yeah, just trailers. And they're called mobile homes. You know what that means? They can be uprooted and moved. But a house that's built, come on, and firmly built and planted down in the, they have to, listen, there's a lot that goes on before you actually see a house. They have to, they have to actually, they have to grate the ground first. Well, first they have to measure out your plot. Then they have to grade it, right? They have to grade the ground to make sure that the water's going to flow off properly and not stay right there at your house. You want it to roll off the edges of your property, right? So they're grading the ground. And sometimes if they have to bring in dirt because it's so low, guess what they have to do? Let it sit. And let it settle for a little while, right, before they can even start measuring out for the cornerstone of the house to then put in the, 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 the um, you know, the foundations and the pillars on every corner. They have to dig it out. They have to put it in, depending on how, if you've got a three-story house, it's got to go down different depths into the ground. Now, if you just want a shallow house, you're not going to go down as deep. You want to live a shallow life? Don't go down as deep into the Word. And you'll live a shallow Christian life and a life that never God intended for you. But if you actually want to be all that God wants for you and do all the things that God actually had destined for you to do, you're going to have to dig down a little bit deeper so that your house, your capacity can be larger. Right? Then, once they get those corner things all, whatever they're called, the, found, the squared out and all. The footers, thank you. Y'all knew what I was talking about. I know what I'm talking about. I just don't know all the terminology. Then, what do they do? They have to dig out for the septic and the plumbing 
all that stuff before they can actually pour the concrete for the foundation. Because all of that has to have pipes coming up before they pour the concrete. What if I tried to build the house, and this is what Christians do, they try to bypass. They think because they're born again, they can bypass things. So what if I try to, you know, put my studs up to start building and framing in, and I don't put the trusses up for the roof to support it. And I just put them on top of the tops of the two-by-fours in the frame. It's going to collapse. But this is what Christians, this is how their lives are being built. They're trying to build it their own way and bypass Maybe to save money, we're going to cheapen and cut corners like some builders do. Don't go with a builder that does that. Because <laughs> then in the end, you're going to pay. You're going to have cracks in your foundation. Your walls are going to start cracking. The ceiling's going to start cracking. Come on. You're going to have all kinds of cracks in your house that was built because you try to Cut corners, save money, and not build it properly. When God will build your house properly if you allow him to. So that your foundation can be shored up. So that your whole house can be built properly. That you never have to worry about when the winds come and the rains come and the floods come. Because guess what? They're coming and they're going to come because in this life you will have what? Trials, tribulations, and all kinds of problems. But what have you allowed God to do with your life? Have you allowed him to build you or to grow you to be a person that's continually growing and allowing him to do whatever he needs to do within your life and within your heart so that you have a strong spirit, a reigning spirit through whatever's going on in life. You see that? So that we're not going to get called up. We're going to be built properly you want to make sure that you are built properly, built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you are taught. Amen. Because if you're not allowing him to build you properly, it's not true faith. It's religion and it's what you want your faith to be. So it's going to be built wrong. Amen. And then you're going to wonder why there's always drama. There's always problems. There's always situations because you're ruled by the circumstances, the situations of life, because you've not allowed him to build you properly and allowed yourself to continue to grow and mature because in the midst of the pain is where growth can come. In the midst of the challenge is where growth comes. And we, we 
talked about this last week. The only way your muscles are going to grow is if you what? Tear them down. Break them down. So that they can what? Grow stronger. Now, God's not tearing you down and breaking you down, but there are circumstances, situations, and trials in life that are there to try to tear you down, to break you down. Come on. That's a test of faith for you. And do you actually believe the words that you are being taught? So that when you actually practice it, or apply it in that situation, it's helping your what? Spirit to grow. Isn't that what we read last week in Romans about Abraham's faith grew? He grew strong in faith when he had to believe God when his body was dead and Sarah's womb was closed up. Right? It said his faith was able to grow in the midst of that challenge because he had to believe God. And he counted God what? Faithful. Faithful. He trusted him beyond what he could see and his ability even though his, his body was what? Dead, it said. And that's when you actually allow God to mature you and grow you through all of these types of things that you go through. When you as a believer know what the word says, you've heard it preached, now are you going to do it? Right? Are you going to be a doer in the midst of the situation? That's how you grow and mature. You do not grow and mature just because you know what to do, but you don't do it. Right? You're being faced with it. What are you going to do? You've got to apply the word. This is what's going to help you grow and mature. I want to give you four quick points on how we can grow a strong spirit. The number one thing is we must meditate on God's word. We must meditate on God's word. If we are going to be those with a strong spirit and when any situation arises in our life that the very first thing that comes up is what does the word say? What does the word say? I hear what the doctor's report just said. I hear it because that came. Now, but what does the word say? That what? By his stripes, I am healed. No matter what the report of the Lord is, whose report are you going to believe? People sing that song all day long, but when they hear the report, they crumble. Believers that has even been taught the good word of faith, they crumble. You know why? Because they have not remained built on the foundation of the word of God. You know what I was thinking the other day, and I was sharing this with y'all last Wednesday night, and I shared it and taught it to our staff and the ministry coordinators about these children of Israel. He's just had me on this lately. These children of Israel, you know what? It took only 40 days 
for them to revert back. Well, it actually only took them three. Because right when he brings them into the cross in the Red Sea, right? Into the wilderness. In three days, they were already looking back and wanting to go back and whining and crying. Okay? I can give them three days. I'll give that to them. Because this is all new. This is a new experience. You know, this is a new thing they haven't encountered yet. That God's, but this is like our spiritual growth. God delivers us. We get born again. And he's wanting to bring us into the promised land. But because it's out of our comfort zone, and because it's not in our normal routine and the way we used to do life, you know, you're feeling a little out of sorts. That's what faith will do to you. And in three days, they were whining and crying. But listen to this. After God did everything for them, here they are, 40 days. When Moses goes up to the mountain, he was gone for 40 days, right? Up on the mountain, talking to God. In 40 days, they had already forgotten what God had delivered them out of. How long does it take, we've said, to create a habit? 21 days to create a habit, right? I believe the 22nd day, they started reverting back. <laughs> they started reverting back. They's like, got Moses, where is he at? I mean, come on. He's, he's uh, been up in this mountain now, you know, and is he coming back? Because poof, that didn't just happen on the 40th day. So we have to be people that recognize that we are going to have to allow him time to do some things within our life so that it becomes a habit within us, which has to do with practicing. We have to practice this habit, right, for 21 days before it becomes a part of our routine. Isn't that what they say, 21 days to form a habit? So we're going to have to practice these things. How much more are we going to have to practice what his word says that we should do in the situations that we encounter? Because if they can revert in those 40 days to where they're ready to worship this cow, that, this golden calf, and create their own God again, how about us who are believers that are not doing what the Word of God says, that are not meditating in the Word day and night, that are not, you know, applying His Word and practicing His Word on a daily basis? What are we doing? We're going to create our own ways, just as Pastor said, to how we want to worship God and what will be acceptable for God. Okay, but we're not going to grow with that. 
Anyway, meditating on the word. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall what? Meditate in it day and night so that you'll be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. What does he say? Day and night. You know what would be a good habit for you if you want to continue to grow? We are going to have to read the word in the morning before you go to work and read the word before you put your head on the pillow. That is day and night. Meditating on it day and night. I want the first thing I read in the morning not to be the news outlet, not to be Instagram, not to be whatever you like to read, your romance novel, your fiction book. No, the first thing you ought to put in you is the Word of God when you wake up so that it's your first thoughts in the morning and the last thoughts before you lay your head to rest. I'm going to put the Word in it because he says if I meditate in it day and night, right, and not let it depart from my what? Oh, my mouth. That means I actually should be speaking it when I'm getting put in a situation. I'm going to speak the word only. What does the word say? What's the word say? What's the word say? What's the word say about this situation? That's the first thing I'm going to have come out of my mouth. But it's not going to come out if we're not putting it in. It's not going to come out just because you hear it on Sunday and Wednesday. It's day and night. Every day, it's our daily bread, right? Then what will happen, he not only says we are to not let it depart from our mouth, he only also says that we're supposed to meditate on it day and night, but then he also says we are to what? Do it. Do, be careful to do according to all that is written, not just part of what is written, not just pick and choose what you want to do and what you don't want to do to the word. Because, you know, this is really my personality, and, you know, God made me this way, so that's how I'm going to respond, period. Even though it may not be according to what the word says, how you should respond. Right? Being quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. So be careful to do according to all that is written, for then you will make your way prosperous and you will have what? Success. That's not like you're going to have a successful business. It's that your life will be a success in whatever you do because you've actually put the word to it. Now, of course, your business will be applied there if you put the word to it. If you actually do what you know you're supposed to be doing with your business. Plenty of business owners have multi-million dollar businesses but never give one cent to the church. Because they're a businessman and they want to control where the money goes. Right? 
Well, that's not doing it according to all that is written. All right, I'll go on. Anyway, Philippians, let's read this. Philippians 4, 8, and 9 says this. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep keep putting, say keep putting, into practice, into practice, all that you learned and received from me. Everything that you have heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. You see that? So he lets us know, not only are we to meditate on the word day and night, but we're supposed to keep our, our thoughts, which has to do with meditation, which has to do with our mind, our thinking, on things that are right, honorable, true, pure, lovely, and admirable, and excellent, and worthy of praise. Right? I'm not going to think about wickedness and what people are doing that are wicked. I'm not going to meditate on that. I'm not going to watch that garbage. I'm not going to listen to that stuff, right? But no, I'm going to think on things that are true. I'm not going to listen to lies. I'm not going to listen to liars. When I know people are just lying, they're just lying dogs. I'm not going to listen to them. That is not going to be the truth that I put in my life. I don't build my life upon lies. No, I build my life upon truth. I build my life on honor. I'm not going to participate in things that are dishonoring people or whatever. And I'm going to do what is right. I'm going to think about and meditate on things that are right, not things that are wrong. I'm going to think on things that are pure and holy. And righteous and lovely and admirable. You see that? So we've got to be people that meditate on the right things and put these things within our lives if we're going to continue to grow and mature and have a strong spirit. And then he goes on to say, and we need to keep putting them into practice because many people are not practicing the word. They're not practicing the word, okay? We know one translation says, fixed your mind on these things, the Amplified. You know what else the Amplified says about this scripture? It says to think on and weigh and take an account of these things. Think on these things. Take an account of these things. Fix your minds. What does it say? Weigh out. That means everything that I'm going to begin to think on, I'm going to weigh it with the word. I'm going to weigh it out with the word. I'm not going to just think on things that is not being weighed out with the word of God. Right? And when we do that, we can be assured that we will continue to grow strong. Now, look at Psalms. One and three. This is the last scripture on meditation. Psalms 1, 1 through 3. Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable. Enviable. Is that how you pronounce that? 
is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly. I would never listen to an ungodly, unsaved person and put what they say first place in my life. Period. I'm going to listen to what God's word says and what a, hopefully a saint would say and a believer would say and take counsel from them speaking the truth rather than taking advice from an ungodly, unsaved person. And how many Christians do that? Still have ungodly friends and trying to get, and, and people that are whoring around Come on. People that are doing all kinds of ungodly things in your sphere of influence and you listen to their advice, give me a break. That may it never be. God forbid. I mean, that's insanity. Okay? So we're not, we shouldn't be doing that. Listening to ungodly counsel following their advice, their plans, and purposes, nor stand submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sit down to relax and rest where the scornful and mockers gather. But his delight and desires are in the law of the Lord. On his law, his precepts, his instructions, and the teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and night, and he shall be like a what? A tree firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth fruit in every season, and its leaves shall not fade, wither, and everything you do shall prosper and come to maturity. The reason why some of you are not growing and maturing is because of this right here. You've got an ear to what ungodly people are saying. You're listening to their advice. You're, listen, you're hanging out with scornful sinners, mockers against the things of God. And you are not putting what God's word says in your heart in your ears you're not feeding upon it remember we have eye gates and we have an ear gate and that's what gets into our soul what are we listening to what are we feeding on what are we watching what are we allowing to be put within our souls come on and whatever that is is feeding us what is, you've heard this before, the statement, garbage in, garbage out. If you're feeding on garbage and listening to this junk and all these philosophies of the world and all these, you know, so-called psychologists and self-help people and Instagram is full of them, they're going to lead you down straight to hell. I'm telling you right now, you're on a dangerous road. If you're feeding on their counsel more than the counsel of God, which is the word of God. Hallelujah. 
So we need to meditate in the word of God if we are going to have a strong spirit. Number two, we must be practicers or doers of the word if we're going to have a strong spirit. James 1, 21 through 26 out of the Amplified. So get rid of all uncleanliness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness and in humble, gentle, modest spirit receive and welcome the word which is implanted and rooted in your hearts and contains the power to save your souls. Be not doers of the word, right? Obey the message and not merely listeners to it, betraying yourselves into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. What does that mean? You are hearing the truth. I can guarantee you every time you come to this church and the words that are going to come forth off of this platform is going to be the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help us God, unfiltered, unadulterated, unwatered down. And if you sit here for 20 years hearing the truth of God's word and not being a what? Doer of that word. What are you doing? You're reasoning out why you don't have to do it. Why you don't have to do it. And that you think you can still grow and mature and have a strong spirit. I mean, that's just deception, guys. And I don't want anyone to be deceived. It's just deception. And you got to shake that off of you into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. You're sitting there reasoning out the truth that you don't really have to do that. It says, for anyone who listens to the word without obeying it and being a doer of it, he is like a man who looks carefully at his own natural face in a mirror, for he thoughtfully observes himself and then goes off and promptly forgets what he was like. But he who looks carefully into the faultless law, the faultless law, the law of liberty, what the law of freedom, come on, and is faithful to and perseveres into looking into it, being not a heedless listener who forgets, but an active doer who obeys, he shall be blessed in his doing, his life of obedience. If anyone thinks himself to be religious and does not bridle his tongue, deludes his own heart. You think you're religious? You think you're full of faith? You think just because you show up here once a quarter or whatever the case may be, but you ain't doing it and you run off at the mouth, you have an unbridled tongue, you have no soul control, you're deceiving yourself, deluding yourself that you're right. You're reasoning it out contrary to the truth. And we cannot be people that do that if we are going to allow ourselves to grow and mature, come on, and have a strong spirit, a reigning spirit that he says we can have. We will not reign in life or do anything if we are deluded. It says he shall be blessed in his doing. Anyone who thinks to be religious, right, and does not bridle his trunk, he, he, tongue, he deludes his own heart. This person is religious, 
service is worthless. It's worthless. It's worthless. I didn't say that. The Word of God said it. The Word of God said it. And we got to read it for what it says. <laughs> Amen. And then be doers of it. Number three, we have to give the Word first place, right? Amen. The Word is first place within our hearts and within our lives. If the Word says I need to do that, if the Word says I need to act like that, if the Word says I need to change, if the Word says I need to respond like that, if the Word says this, Whatever the case may be, it's first place in my life. So I'm going to yield to it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to apply it. And I'm going to, it's first. Isn't that what Matthew 6, says? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right? And all these things will be added unto you. Look at Proverbs 4, 20. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22 out of the Amplified. My son, attend to my words. Consent and submit to my sayings. And that's where most people are at. Are we submitting to his sayings? Are we submitting to his word? Are we putting it first place in our life and what he says that we should be doing? Or are we putting other people's opinions, other people's ideas of how we should do this thing, other people's right uh, philosophies, other people's doctrine. Because you're hearing sound doctrine here, but you may still be holding on to other people's doctrine. Maybe your mama's doctrine. Maybe your daddy's doctrine. Come on. Maybe somebody else's belief system that's been put in you, and you are holding on to that tradition, right? God, isn't that what we say? And not wanting to go, let go of it and not putting his word first in your heart. You see that? So it says this, let them not depart from your eyes, your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart for they are life to those who find them and healing and health to all your flesh. If you just start submitting to the word, your body would start getting in alignment in every area of your life. Because it's health and healing. Start submitting to the word of God. And your body will get in alignment. Some of you, that's a prophetic word. You need to submit to the word and your body will get in line. Instantly obey. Number four, last one. We're closing with this. Instantly obey the voice of your spirit. The minute you hear the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's it. That's what you need to do. Obey it. Obey it immediately. Obey it. Whatever it is. You can be sitting and you can be walking in Walmart. And the Holy Spirit say, you know what? I want you to buy that person's groceries. Obey immediately. Be sitting in here. And the Holy Spirit say, you need to go pay for that person's rent. Obey immediately. You may be sitting in here and the Holy Spirit say, you need to deal with this root issue. Obey immediately. Obey 
the voice of the spirit immediately because I'm going to tell you it will save your life. If we don't obey it, then we're going to harden ourselves all the time. Those promptings are coming. And if we don't learn to obey, that means we are practicing obeying. We're practicing obeying. Oh, that's what the word said about that situation. Okay. The next time I'm going to obey it. The next time I'm going to obey it. And you know what you should say? Thank you, Holy Spirit, that the next time I want to respond that way, you tell me and I'm going to obey it. And he will. And he does. I've used this example before. Uh, You know, my husband, when he and I first got married, Um, You know, I had a mouth on me and, you know, I had, I had a problem, right? And he would come in from work or whatever and I would just spout off or, you know, whatever, say whatever. We're getting in an argument, you know, I'm going to have some stuff to say about it. And, you know, acting a fool, okay? Just say you acting a fool when you do it. So, you know, I'm growing as a woman of God, and this is years ago when we first got married, you know, and I, I was taught you don't have to submit to a man, and so I wasn't going to submit, you know, and all these things. And all of a sudden, I heard the Holy Spirit say, you need to bite your tongue. You need to quit talking to him like that. That is not honoring. That's not respectful. That's not how you should be talking to your husband, you know. And um, so I heard the Holy. Now I have a choice. Now I have a choice to obey the voice of the Spirit or to not. So I, I said, okay, to myself, self, and the Holy Spirit, thank you, Lord that you're going to let me know the next time I want to start spouting off, you're going to let me know that I just need to keep my mouth shut and I'm going to yield to that. And what happened? I started practicing it. Was I perfect immediately? No. Because I had been practicing it for what? Years. Been practicing it for years. So it took a little while for that habit to become natural response. But it never would have become a habit and it never would have been uh, a natural response if I had not obeyed and yielded to what the Holy Spirit said. I recognized it. I received the correction. I said, you're right. I shouldn't be. And then I began yielding to it. And the Holy Spirit would help me because he's our what? He's our helper. He's our helper. And he's there to help us become who it is that we need to become so that we can grow and we can mature into a person who actually responds to the word first and not our emotions, not our situations, because our spirit has become what? Strong. 
And that's how you know you have a reigning spirit. Because pastor can say, this is the year of a reigning spirit and not, not one person operate in it. I don't care that you've been given the reigning spirit, which we know who is Christ and the spirit of truth that's living on the inside of you and the power of the Holy Ghost. I don't care that you've been given that spirit. You have to yield to it and actually walk it out and do it. Okay? So for us to maintain a strong spirit so that the first thing we do is what does the word say? Because I've been meditating on the word day and night. I've been putting it in my heart. I've been meditating on it. I've been making sure I'm thinking on these things. I've been practicing the word. I've been doing the word. I've been responding according to the word. Amen. I've been putting it first in my life. And I actually am obeying the voice of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's how we're going to maintain a reigning spirit this year. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you want more, subscribe to our message podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Rating and leaving a comment will go a long way with helping our messages get better circulation. If you'd enjoy watching our weekend messages, visit youtube.com forward slash anchor faith. We'd love it if you'd subscribe, leave a comment or a like on the messages. If you'd like to find out more information about us and how we're influencing the world and help support the work we're doing by giving, just visit anchorfaith.com.